the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, January the 25th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On January 25th, 1945, the World War II Battle of the Bulge ended. German forces were pushed back to their original positions. Today, in 1915, America's first official transcontinental telephone call took place. Alexander Graham Bell, he was in New York. He spoke to his former assistant, Thomas Watson, who was in San Francisco over a line that was set up by none other than American Telephone and Telegraph, AT&T. Today, 1945, Grand Rapids, Michigan, became the first community to add fluoride to its public water supply. Today, in 1971, Charles Manson and three women followers were convicted in a in Los Angeles, of a murder and conspiracy in the 1969 slayings of seven people, including actor Sharon Tate. I've mentioned this before, but I think I'll mention it again. It it makes a point that we all should be conscious of. Charles Manson, I never knew him, but I was a youth pastor in North Hollywood at that time, or short, about this time, and um, we had a very close relationship with the our church, with the Hollywood Presbyterian Church. And um, I knew the youth pastor there and the pastor who was v- very well known and wrote a lot of books, as you may recall. But Charles Manson was in and out of their youth group. He would come, then he would be gone. He would come and he'd be gone. He had a lot of problems with drugs, particularly LSD. And he had these people that were with him, mostly women, and they allowed themselves, they got themselves with a combination of drugs and not understanding God's word. Charles Manson said, he, what he, in his defense, he said that he murdered Sharon Tate, or they murdered Sharon Tate, because they believed that she, she was pregnant at the time. They believed she was pregnant with Satan, or Satan's child. And that was, of course, related to a movie that she had made where Rosemary's Baby, where she, it was a kind of a parallel, dark, satanic a parallel to the Christian story of Mary and the birth of Jesus and so on. So they thought, they said, they thought, that they were killing Satan by killing Satan's mother, who has, who was about to give, I mean, it's weird. But that's what happens when we get lost in the undertow of a world that is terribly misled. I'm not for a moment defending Charles Manson, but I'm telling you that was the case they made. It was sad, really sad. I only I remember at the time I thought, man, if he could have only truly connected with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Obviously, he did not. Today, 1993, Sears announced that it would no longer publish its 
famous 100-year-old catalog. The catalog from Sears was going away. Remember? Do you remember when we didn't have devices? Do you remember when kids and their parents didn't spend most of the day looking at a, at a little phone in their hand? Remember at Christmas time when you started as a kid started thinking about what you kind of wanted to tell your parents you wanted for Christmas? What would you do? You'd bring out the catalog. Man, I can remember as a kid thumbing through that thing and I wanted so much stuff I couldn't have carried it if I would have gotten it. I didn't get it all. I got some of it, though. Yeah, Sears catalog. <laughs> I have moments when I would gladly change my iPhone for a catalog. I probably won't have that opportunity, but sometimes it seems very appealing. Today in 2004, NASA's Opportunity rover zipped its first pictures from Mars back to Earth showed a surface on Mars smooth and dark red in some places. It was strewn with fragmented slabs of light bedrock and others. And finally, five years ago today, Oprah Winfrey announced. She made a big announcement. A couple of magazines ran feature stories on it. She announced she would not be running for president of the United States. She said she didn't have the DNA for that. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm sure the world was waited with, waiting with bated breath to hear if Oprah Winfrey was going to run for president. I got to mention this this morning. We're going to get to some other things here, but I got to mention this. Um, <laughs> from Seattle, Wallet Hub uh, is a. It's kind of a. It's kind of a money uh, website, but. They're pretty widely read. They put out a lot of information during the course of the year on finance and so on. They released an analysis of driving conditions in all 50 states using nearly three dozen metrics to rank each one based on four key measurements, cost of vehicle ownership, maintenance, travel and infrastructure safety, and access to vehicles and maintenance. You're probably getting a feeling of where this might be going. Well, you're probably right. Against the 31 key metrics, Washington State ranked well below average in road quality, car maintenance costs, average gas price, and car theft rates. Each state was assigned a score in each category and a weighted overall ranking. Out of 50 states, Washington State is ranked 49th. Only Hawaii is worse than Washington State. I found that very interesting because there's so much said about progress and making progress and so on. The cost of ownership of and maintenance of cars in Washington State is 47th out of 50. Traffic and infrastructure is 39 out of 50. Safety is 20. Share of rush hour traffic congestion, 35th. Car theft rate. 43rd in the nation out of 50, the worst being 50. There's a whole long list of it, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but Washington was ranked 49th, Hawaii 50, and that narrow, narrowly trailed uh, Delaware, Rhode Island, and Maryland. But the five states deemed best to drive, to drive in and, and to drive around in were Iowa, Georgia, 
Ohio, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. Idaho, to the east, came in sixth. Even Oregon placed 24th. Maybe, maybe President Inslee, excuse me, Governor Inslee, might want to take his head out of the clouds of climate change and take a look at the streets and the infrastructure. He's always talking about making progress. Man, this doesn't sound like progress to me, but then what do I know about infrastructure? Google workers are facing psychological despair. They're talking about it this morning. They say they're psychologically shaken after the company announced plans to lay off 12,000 of its workforce. This is amid a slump in the tech industry. Workers at the tech giant aired their dismay at one of the company's regular all-hands-on meetings the other day on Monday. They opened it up for comments. I'm not going to go through the comments, but one of the comments that kept reoccurring was there was a lot of emotional outburst, as you can imagine. But one of the comments that kept reoccurring was their soon-to-be former employees were telling Google that they had to provide for them psychological safety. I paused on that when I saw that this morning because I thought psychological safety. I, I don't know that I've ever had a job where they provided for me psychological safety. Remember, remember the time when we got fired or laid off or whatever? We just, the next step was to go find another job, not to demand that our former employers provide psychological safety for us. I, I don't know. Maybe that's, I'm maybe way behind the times. I don't know, but that's what they're demanding. So we'll see how that plays out. And again, I'm not sure what all that entails, psychological safety, but I suppose it would be a good perk when you go to work for a company, they would say, oh, by the way, if we let you go, if we fire you or dismiss you for any reason, we'll provide psychological safety for you. I want to talk to you a little bit today about families. Parents are extremely worried about their kids. This is a growing trend, and it's it's something that parents are becoming awakened to. There is a problem, and they're beginning to feel that and say so publicly. And it isn't just one or one report, but I'm going to focus on one report, actually a couple of reports today. But there are many reports out there that are essentially discovering the same thing in their surveys and, and studies and so on. But in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and amid reports of the growing youth mental health crisis, four in 10 U.S. parents with children younger than 18 say they are extremely or very worried that their child might struggle with anxiety or depression at some point. This is true. In fact, there's an article out this morning. I forget who's, who was carried it. Maybe it's the New York Times or Washington Post or something. Justin Bieber. He's a kind of a, a young heartthrob that's been very popular over the last few years. He's fairly young. I think he's in his 20s. I'm not sure. And he's had some connections to Seattle. Um, and he, he has, in fact, attended a church in Seattle area. But 
Justin Bieber has been a, a real hot item and, you know, kids have loved him and bought, he sold millions of records and so on. Well, there's a story out today out of, out of Hollywood or the industry. And it's saying that he sold his catalog, meaning all the songs that he owns, that he wrote and made famous and so on. He sold them for $200 million to, uh, I think it was Universal. The reason, One of the reasons that he said, and the industry is saying, boy, that's not very much money, and it isn't for catalogs of people who have sold millions of records. But anyway, the industry is, is questioning, why would he do this? And they are concluding in this, why would he sell it for that amount? And why would he sell it when he's so young? Well, to make the $200 million. But these guys, the way they live, I don't know about him, but the way they live, they go, I mean, I know this is not the world I grew up in or live in, but they go through millions of dollars in their lifestyle. And sometimes they just can't make the adjustment. But anyway, the reason, among the reasons, in fact, the main reason that was in this article said is because he has been suffering with depression and anxiety and he's been canceling a lot of uh, a lot of his uh, concert dates and so on and so forth so success doesn't necessarily translate to peace and tranquility and that's my point in this and that Justin Bieber thing was just in the news this morning so I use that as an example but there are many but a child can be in some very adverse circumstances growing up, or a child, a young person, a 20-something-year-old, can be in a very successful environment as far as you know, secular success and still have these feelings of depression, deep depression. And a lot of our kids are today, and they're starting to express it, and parents are starting to get concerned. And I want to talk to you. As a parent, grandparent, and a youth pastor for more years than I should have been, I, I, I guess I wasn't as smart as some others, but I, we were in youth ministry, Marjorie and I, for about 10 years. That's a long time for a youth pastor, I'll tell you. It seems like 100 years in one respect. It feels like about 10 minutes in another. I loved being a youth pastor. I loved those kids. But recent studies show that Christians are not particularly focused on leading their children into their religion is the word that studies show. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, about the problem and about the fact that parents are seem to be focused on the wrong things. And I'm not criticizing parents. It's tough to be a parent, especially today. It's really tough. But Pew Research has found that mental health concerns top the list of parental worries. 40% of parents, they surveyed, it was a big survey, 40%, followed by 35% who are summarily concerned about their children being bullied. So mental health concerns and being bullied are the two top concerns that parents have, according to Pew Research. It's a new study that just came out. These items trump parents' concerns about certain physical threats to their children, dangers of drugs and alcohol, teen, uh, teen pregnancy, getting in trouble with the police, breaking the law and getting arrested and so on. These are all lesser concerns. The main concerns, the main concerns are mental health and being bullied. Struggling with anxiety and depression, parents, 40% said they are extremely concerned. Only 23% said they are not particularly. Being bullied, 35% said they were 
extremely or very concerned. Only 25% said they're not. If you go on down this list, and it's a, it's a fairly long list, and I wrote an article about this today because I'm going to be giving you a lot of numbers. You can reread this and absorb it, and there are sort I've sourced what I'm saying today, so you can go to the source of, of, of what I'm saying, the studies and so on. It's at our website, faithandfreedom.us. But at the bottom, at the bottom of the list, 14% of parents are concerned about getting their kids getting in trouble with the police. So keep that in mind. When asked about their aspirations for their children when they reach adulthood, parents prioritize financial independence and career satisfaction. Roughly 9 in 10, 90% of parents say it's extremely or very important to them that their children be financially independent when they become adults, and the same share says it's equally important that their children have jobs or careers they enjoy. Well, I get that. I mean, (laughs) parents don't want their kids to live with them forever. They want them to be successful. I understand that. I want my kids to be successful financially and so on, and their kids, as their kids grow up. But about 4 in 10, 41% say it's extremely or very important to them that their children earn a college degree, while smaller shares place a lot of importance on their children eventually becoming parents, 20%, and getting married, 21%. I would have guessed it would have been higher than that because I would would have guessed that family is more important to them. Family does not seem to the, to the mass, not you or me, but to just a general cross-section of America. Only 20% of parents place a priority on their kids becoming parents and having a family. And I think that speaks to the fact that the family has been under assault for quite some time. And we have been told that families are just groups of people that get together. I understand not everybody has a biological family. I understand that. Believe me, as I said, I've been in the ministry all of my adult life. I've seen it all. I've been around a while. I'm over 40 now. And I've seen a lot, more than I wish sometimes. But I understand sometimes circumstances don't allow you to have a biological family. I get that. And you bring kids and people together and they kind of form a family. But I'm I mean, God's fundamental building block for the human race is family. Like a male, (laughs) that's a man, and a female, a woman, they fall in love or they get together and they get married and they have children. That's how God set up this whole system in the beginning. And we find only 20% of parents think that's an important idea. 21% are interested in their children getting married. So marriage and family ranks pretty low in all of this. Parents prioritize their financial stability, job satisfaction for their children when they reach adulthood. Again, the finances far outweigh the spiritual. To be financially independent, 88%. Have jobs or careers that they enjoy, 88%. Earn a college degree, 41%. Get married, 21%. Have have children, 20%. I think we're neglecting so great a salvation, as the Bible says. 
What surprised me in this lengthy and in-depth study was that parents apparently do not believe their religion is important to the life of their children. Let me share with you what parents generally thought about religion as it relates to the life of their child. First of all, parents, 66% of parents say they want their kids to be, when they grow up, they want them to be honest and ethical. 66%. Well, that's good. And, and in fact, that's extremely important and very important was 28. So the net on that is, is 94%. So most all parents want their kids to be honest and ethical. They want them to be, 88% said they want them to be hardworking. 81% said be someone who helps others in need. All of that's very good. It's very necessary. 80% of parents, they want their child to grow up and be accepting of people who are different from them. Be ambitious. 65% have similar religious beliefs of their own. Only 17% think that's extremely important. 18% think it's maybe important. So that's a total of 35%. So only 35% of parents think what their belief, their faith, is important to pass to the next generation, to pass to the kids in their family. And that would be, from an evangelical, biblical point of view, that they would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, like we have. It's apparently not important. There's better news in this, so stay with me. So about 66% of parents, being honest and ethical is the most important thing that they want for their children. Being a hard worker is second. Being someone who cares for others in need is third at about 40%. But at the bottom of the list is this desire that kids share their faith and and their political beliefs as well. So results of another large-scale survey, and I'm not going to get into this too too much, too deeply, but it's in my article and it's sourced there. Again, you can look at the whole thing if, if you want to. But it was taken last fall by Springtide Research Institute. They confirmed that decades of previous research pointing to a positive relationship between religion, spirituality, and mental health is important. Well, we knew that. But Springtide found that 61% of youth say The adults in my life don't truly know how much I'm struggling with mental health. 47% say they are moderately or extremely depressed. That was what they were saying about Justin Bieber in the news this morning. He's he's got all this success and he has problems with anxieties and depression. More than 73% of kids agree that their religion or spiritual life impacts their mental health, and 66% agree that the religious life matters for their mental health as well. So here we have parents who want the best for their kids, but they're not particularly interested, generally so, in the spirituality, in their faith, their personal faith, because they're not even really interested in any big numbers passing that faith forward to their children and we have children in mass 73 percent say yeah religious religion is very important to me and i know that it impacts my life what they're really saying is i need jesus maybe they don't know that but that's what they're saying so we live in a world where parents are concerned about their children 
They're wanting the best for their children. Their children are suffering from anxiety and suicide rates have spiked among kids. And they're concerned about it. And yet they don't think sharing the gospel, sharing the Bible, sharing their faith, whatever that may be, with their child is important. And I think therein is a problem. Number one, that creates a, a vacuum where the LGBTQ and all of these, the Marxists, the cultural Marxists, and all of these people can move in and fill that void. And that's what's happening in America today. It re- This reveals these numbers, and there's much more than what I'm sharing here, but this reveals a huge gap in Christianity and Christian families today. I understand the complexities. As I said, I've spent my life in ministry, but training up a child is a process, not a one-off event, where you have a talk with your kid about religion. It's much, much more than that. The secular, the humanist, the Marxist, the homosexual advocates, the abortion advocates, all of these people are spending more time with your kid than you may be. And they're indoctrinating them, thanks to the public education and other vehicles available to them. I do take heart, though. 70% of white evangelical parents and 53% of black Protestants, they say it is important that their children share their religious beliefs. So the disappointment is found among white non-evangelical Protestants that figure is only 29%. So that's what makes this figure so low. While only 35% of Catholic parents think it's important to train up a child in the way he should go. Yesterday when I ended this program, I mentioned in passing Deuteronomy chapter chapter 6. I want to come back to that in the last few minutes that we have today. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Parents, it comes down to your personal life. Verse 6 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. We have to have the faith. It has to be vibrant vibrant in our lives before we can pass it on in a meaningful way to our children. And I don't mean they inherit salvation. They have to make that commitment themselves. Verse 7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. In other words, it becomes a lifestyle. And verse 8 says, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on the gates. In other words, if you're going to pass Christianity to anyone, particularly your children, you've got to believe it. You've got to live it. You've got to create a, a lifestyle of Christianity. Oh, you're not perfect. Your kids know that. And they mention it sometimes, don't they? But I'll tell you, we've got to get real and be authentic in our own lives if we're going to impact our kids' lives. And our kids are saying they know religion, quote-unquote, is important. So they're wanting and waiting for parents in particular to step up and be a voice and not abdicate that opportunity to influence their children to the likes of the LGBTQ and the secularists and the humanists and the cultural Marxists and all of these voices that greet them at their school door every day when they get off their bus or whatever. Then a blessing will come, and it shall be when the Lord thy God hath brought thee unto the land which he sware unto thy fathers, 
houses full of good things which thou fillest not, wells digged which thou didn't dig. In other words, blessings will come to the family who makes it important to serve the Lord. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.